This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Okay then, let's do this. Coming to you live from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's THN, cover to cover, for Saturday, February 20th. February 20th. Well, I don't know why that was so hard to say. My name is Matt Baum. I like February 20th. February 20th. Well, come to live from the Ziggurat in Omaha. <laughs> and I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here is how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and our Zoom to wrap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and, of course, the question of the week live with our listeners. It's the funnest, but we don't have a show without you guys, so we need you to interact. All right. It's a live show. So play along. Jump into our Zoom. You can find the Zoom link in the Facebook chats. You can call us at 402-819-4894. You can click our Facebook call now button if you can't remember no numbers. And that's cool, too. You can chat with us right in the Faces book, and we'll talk about that as well. All right. It's your show. We need you to play along. And if you can't play along live, that's okay, too. You can leave us a message or send an MP3 to 2 nerd at gmail.com. But... Before we open these phone lines, Joey and I like to kick off with a little bit of, uh, you know, just like some headlines. We're not going to dive real deep into stuff, but like some headlines to get you talking, thinking, and then we'll hit you with the question of the week. Joe Patrick, let's go to the news desk. Joe Patrick, tell us about uh, what Todd McFarlane's got cooking in the Spawniverse, will you? <laughs> oh, buddy. Yes, Todd McFarlane is gearing up to launch the Spawniverse, uh, and he's expanding the Spawn, uh, I guess, franchise with f- to start four new ongoing titles. Oh, it's he's about calling time. calling it Spawn's Universe. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you call it, though? Spawn, you, the, you know, I mean. It, I, I mean, I like the Spawniverse. Other than know, just not doing it, what do you call it? Yeah, I, I guess I'm. <laughs> biased uh so obviously uh the main spawn title will be the flagship title uh but there will be multiple other ongoings uh circling around that corner of image comics with its own interconnected continuity storylines team-ups and more Mm. uh they're introducing a she spawn there may already be a she there already is a she spawn she spawn's been around she's going to be on the team the the team book with the redeemer the gunslinger and spawn (laughs) yeah i'm sorry and i know look i make fun of spawn a lot because i think spawn is stupid and if it's not somebody tell me somebody come and tell me like matt you're wrong spawn is great i'm excited for this i would love to hear from you because i don't think you exist and i don't know how this is going to work and todd mcfarland only has so much money to pay for all the copies of spawn that are going out to comic book stores that aren't selling it. so i don't know well he doesn't have to do that uh no but i think he, he does so he can say that it's selling that's what i'm oh, saying oh, you, you think he just goes in and buys all the books yeah yeah, yeah he just has like a standing order at like fifty thousand comic shops or something where they're like there and here you are mr mcfarland <laughs> all right uh so in addition to spawn 
there will be three titles to start with in the first wave. King Spawn, The Gunslinger, and The Scorched, which I believe is the team book. Yes. The Scorched is the team book. Yes. And The Gunslinger, Todd McFarlane went on to say it's going to make Spawn look like a Boy Scout, which, okay. <laughs> what does I, that mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they showed a picture of The Gunslinger, and it just looks like Spawn in a cowboy hat. Yeah, it's a bunch of like, they're all Spawns, if you will, except for the Redeemer, who's like, I think like an angel or something, or a fallen angel. I don't know. But like, he's got a cross on him, and he's purple. I don't know. Yeah, weird. Yeah, if you want to talk uh, about it, let's talk about it. Does anyone care about Spawn? Oh, that's, the guy with the purple guy with the cross—that's the Redeemer, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, I thought we were talking about the Gunslinger. No, the Gunslinger looks like Spawn with guns, and may or may not be Spawn. I don't know. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, what makes this kind of interesting is that he's recruited a huge list of talent, and uh, the confirmed names just so far are Donny Cates, Frank Quietly. Uh, Greg Capullo, Mark Silvestri, Jimmy Chung. Yeah, see, and Sean I, Murphy, I looked at Adams. these and I was like, okay, how many of these are just covers? But then there's Jimmy Chung, like, page art in there. Well, yeah, and there are writers in this list, too. It's yeah. Not, like, Ailish Cott. Uh, Mike Del Mundo is mainly known for being a cover artist, but right. he's amazing. Uh, Carlo Barberi, Brett Booth, Javier Fernandez. Uh, like, it's a, it's a huge, well, somebody named Puppeteer Lee. I don't know who that is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Paulo Sequera, like that's, that's a lot. Yeah. And in typical Todd fashion, he's like, I'm not going to be doing it. These guys, are, they're going to do all the work. I'm just no, going to no, take no. all the, the credit creative, for it. He's the creative <laughs> consultant. Yes, Which he's, he's basically creative a creative consultant. consultant on Spawn and has been since the 15th issue that he drew 20 years ago and quit. <laughs> so, like, come well, on. He man. wrote it for a long time. He might be writing the book. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, yeah, so that's the Spawniverse. Neat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Woo, neat. <laughs> uh, DC held a meeting with retailers, like a, a phone conference kind of thing. Uh, oh, a virtual presentation is what they say, to comic book retailers uh, at the annual Comics Pro event. A virtual extrosion, if you will. A virtual extrosion. <laughs> and out of the blue, they announced 11 brand new titles that will be published in 2021. Uh, there's no uh, follow-up yet about the details. Um, however, here's the list. Deathstroke Incorporated, uh, a, a tie-in to the Harley Quinn animated series, a Wonder Woman 80th anniversary title, Elseworld. Yeah, which they're billing as one half of the new center of the DC Omniverse. Yeah, which we knew that was at the end of Metal. You know, they discovered those two new planets and one they named the Elseworld. Oh, okay. Um, there's DC Vampires, which is just a working title. Uh, Robin and Batman. That's a good because we're almost, almost out of Batman books. So that's creative good. twist on the name. <laughs> uh, Joker, colon, a puzzle box. Again, more Joker stuff. The Legend of Batman. Crush and Lobo. Barf. Uh, Nubia and the Amazons. That should be fun. Yeah. Right. And DC Middle Ages. Barf. Uh, which, I don't, <laughs> yeah, that's right. There, Marvel. What was it? Seventeen oh six or what was it? Sixteen oh two. Sixteen oh two. Yes, because that was a huge yeah, Marvel, hit. Marvel seventeen oh six. Initially, they said that some of these would kick off May first, but they confirm. Uh, Newsarama later confirmed that that was an error. I mean, some of these. Uh, all we have are titles. Yeah. 
Um, now they did say in the end, they were like, look, we were really excited. We're lean, we're mean. We've, you know, like, yes, we've lost some people, but now we're a tighter, more managed group here at DC and we're fully committed to putting out comics, comics that we think kicked ass like DC, the three jokers, death metal, and went on to list off everything that we have not liked at all about DC. In the past yeah, but they years. were huge sales. Successes, they were huge so sales successes. And that's what worries me. So yeah, the Joker war. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, you know, some of these are bound to be good. It depends on the details and the creative teams. I have no interest in reading a book about Lobo and his daughter. No, not at all. The, and the only thing that worries me is just when they, and I get it, like you said, they were huge sales successes. But, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> but uh, I am super duper intrigued about this Elseworld book. Yeah. Um, That'll be fun. And I, I think Nubia is a fun character, so that should be good. Yeah. Um, Other stuff to talk yeah. about. Gina Carano got the boot from the Mandalorian. Do you care? Uh, no. And the biggest news, the Snyder Cut Justice League trailer is here, and it features Jared Leto as an even scarier Joker. We've got to talk about this. I need to know he's your even, feelings. He's even more damaged than he was before. Yeah. Well, I think he removed his temporary tattoos. I don't think they were actually tattoos. It, I think did lo- it didn't look like he had the tattoos. He does not have the tattoos. Face, at least. Yeah. He's, it's not there. There was one on his neck, too, that's obviously not there. So... Maybe they were temp tattoos. Maybe he got them out of a claw machine or something. I don't know. And they wash off eventually. So that's, <laughs> I can respect that. That's, maybe they were henna. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were all just henna. Right? Joe Patrick, before we open the phone lines here, reset this question of the week for the kids. This week's question is all about love stories. It was submitted by Ryan Hebrews Mount. He wants to talk about your favorite comic book love stories and storylines. And... Uh, Couples, lovers. He tossed a a challenge to the THN historian, which I know that we were going to leave out because we thought Jason didn't have time. But the challenge was answered. The challenge was answered. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right, let's get to this. Let's, uh, I believe first in was Mr. Jeffrey Ketchum, so I'm going to ask to unmute him and see how he's doing. Jeffrey, how are you today, sir? I'm good. Good. What do you want to rap about, buddy? What are we talking about? Let's get into it. Uh, Let's do the answer of the week. Let's do the answer Um, of the week. So, I uh, I want to link it into the lake house like I like I like I do. Sure. Uh, so not so much a favorite couple, but a new couple that I didn't know I needed, and it's also kind of my annual bringing up of Kelly Thompson because I'm in love with her as a writer. Um, but uh, I did not know I needed a couple of Deadpool and Elsa Bloodstone. <laughs> I didn't know that was a couple. <laughs> yes. I did not and, know that was a Kelly Thompson's newest run on, on uh, Deadpool. Not only did she make him the king of the monsters uh, <laughs> on Monster Island, which okay. is Long Island. <laughs> Monster Long but, Island. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, automatically throws him into a conflict with Craven and, uh, and hooks him up with Elsa Bloodstone. Okay. Is just delightful. And it's in this long tradition of Kelly Thompson just taking characters that either I didn't care about or I haven't seen enough about and made me care about them, like Deadpool, for example. Fair enough. You know, I've not read uh, any of her Deadpool. And it's not Kelly Thompson's fault. I very much enjoy Kelly Thompson's writing. I just, I don't care about Deadpool. I I, I don't. And I know that, like, I like the Deadpool movies. I'm not insane, but I don't care about Deadpool (laughs) in comics anymore. I think one of the things that I like about her run on Deadpool is I've always found Deadpool to be oddly ex-adjacent because obviously he right. was introduced yeah, he in is New for Mutants. Sure. Uh, but she just 
takes him right out. In fact, there's actually the, the one, I think it's not even until like in the tens of, you know, in, in like past the 10th issue that they even bring up the X-Men and it's this whole thing that he can't go to Krakoa. Well, because he's, he's not a mutant. Yeah, he's not a mutant. He's like, he has yeah. super cancer, basically, right. is his power, right? And so he, he takes one of his monster subjects who is technically a mutant, and his and uh, this, this monster's power is that he can uh, take anything into his body. Ugh. So Deadpool just wears him <laughs> and walks through a gate. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's and clever. Just, and, then, and then the X-Men show up and just annihilate him. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's this huge like argument. It's it, it's great, but it's just this one thing. It kind of addresses the mutant thing, and then it's done. It's over with. It's gone. And then we're back to yeah. Now he's out there trying to cure Elsa of some like infection she got through the bloodstone. Huh. Well, it's really good. That's what you get uh, when you use other people's bloodstones. That's why you don't yeah. share bloodstones. You know, right. and that's why we need more bloodstone. You know, uh, what do you call? Where you go and you get new needles? No, but like a, when you go get new needles, like oh right, right, yeah. <laughs> a yeah, needle like, yeah, dispensary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we need a bloodstone yeah, dispensary. We need bloodstone exchange. We need to yeah. address the bloodstone problem as it is, not hide it or shame it. Yeah. Okay, so. but, but yeah, Kelly Thompson's run on this has been great. It's been drawn by I think Umberto Ramos is drawing it. So really, that combination? Yeah. How did I miss this? I had no it was Chris Bacalo at first. No, oh, no, it is Bacalo. Yeah, yeah, at the, at the beginning. Bacalo, sorry, oh, okay. I get those two mixed up. Okay, quite frequently, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're just—it's just been a really fun. I don't want to say light, but just you know, leaning into the wacky. But she gives Deadpool a, an odd amount of heart that I think others have tried, but yeah, she's doing really well. Uh, he's more self-aware about things. He, his whole like he's got this imposter syndrome thing with the, with the being the king of the monsters. And he's really worried about like living up to being, you know, living up to his subjects. But uh, you, yeah, the lake house has been really kind of ramping up a little bit. I was down on things for a little while, but uh, uh, yeah, all the stories have been really fun. Um, well, you know, real quick, would, you brought up Deadpool with a heart. And I think that's one of the biggest problems I've had is Deadpool as a character in the comics has just gone full bugs bunny for so long that I just stopped caring. It it was just like, wackadoo, you know, great. But Joe Casey, when he wrote Deadpool back in the day, it was still Mm -hmm. funny, laugh out loud funny, wackiness, Mm -hmm. but it had a ton of heart. And that's what I miss from that character. So maybe I need to read this Kelly Thompson Deadpool because it's just making him, you know, a Marx brother is fun for an issue or maybe two, but I'm not going to sit down and read 30 issues of that, let alone a hundred issues of it. My God. What I like is that he, he, he vacillates between the Marx brother and then it immediately almost becomes self-referential. Yeah. Like, okay. Make a joke. And he was like, yeah, I, I got to stop doing that. That's, you know, it's very like much that. in the Joe Casey vein of like what yeah, I loved yeah. about Deadpool. And it's, it's really, really good. And then it, it, there's this whole thing with the, uh, the Knights of the somewhat round table, that are his like advisors that were the the head that that advised the old monster king and they're just kind of tolerating him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna read it. You told me on it. I'm into it. Yeah, and yeah. Then, I really liked the first few issues. Uh, of course, I fell behind like I do with everything. But I really want to still like Spider Man, but um, I can't even follow the book. Like, yeah. Like, I don't give a the, shit about what's going on. Even the numbering right has gotten stupid. Yeah. Like I this agree. last race thing with like 51 point what? 
Like I, I can't, I can't figure out which, I can't figure out which, uh, which issue I read last. I mean, like point one issues, issues are nothing new, but we don't need them anymore because they're dumb and they don't make sense in your filing and where they go right. and how you look for them in the back issue bin and why is it a point one and not just another issue or a one shot or whatever and like yeah, I and I, yeah. I did not care. About the senior crap and I, like I, my stance on the on the on the decimal issues is that I'd rather it be treated like an issue of the regular series, right? Mm-hmm. Than than a tie-in that needs to be somehow filed differently. Yeah, do a do a double size. I don't care. Oh man, right. it's issue you know nine hundred and twelve, whatever. It's double sized. Here's your point one issue not, in the no back. It's different than a one half or a zero issue. I mean, it's I suppose. Fine. I don't. I, I just don't understand it. And I mean, and it's, it's seriously. Dumb. It's seriously like adding credence to my belief that the only Spider-Man book we need is Miles Morales because that's the only one that's any good right now. Yeah, uh, I I am excited for the new Joe Kelly Spider-Man book, uh, which was announced a, a, a thousand years ago. Yeah, it was like wow. three years ago, uh, right? <laughs> it, well, it was announced. It was announced. Uh, you know, pandemic stuff. So it was announced right. like last year sometime. Uh, Nonstop Spider-Man is the name of it, which is not terrible a great name. Terrible name, name. but. <laughs> They literally uh, stops the at the end of every issue. Literally. <laughs> like you get to the last page and that book right. stops. There you go. <laughs> uh, Taskmaster just hit the lake house. So the first issue came out this week for us. It was fun. Uh, it was good. Taskmaster oh, is fun. That book is better than it has any right to be. Yeah. Uh, and I think it also does something interesting, which was uh, for the first time, the new quote unquote, new Nick Fury, the MCU version, Nick Fury felt like MCU Nick Fury. Or it felt like Marvel. Yeah, Nick Fury. I agree. I, I totally agree. They and Taskmaster's not taking himself too seriously, which is good right. because yeah. let's be honest, the Taskmaster is a super lame villain. I yeah, love the Taskmaster. I li- like f- the same way I love Modok. You know, I love that. I love that opening at the golf course with him versus <laughs> totally versus great Bullseye. Yeah, and like, <laughs> well, Bullseye was like coaching the mobster guy, yeah. and he and he's coaching. Uh, you know, I can't remember who it is, and yeah. the mobster guy. Like, what do I even hire you for? And he's like, I can't hit the ball for you. <laughs> you know? I, I, I love the idea that Taskmaster and Bullseye would have this kind of bizarre sure. like, shit talking rivalry. Yeah. I, awesome. Not to mention, like, they do shit like this on the side for money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> I mean, they got to eat, um, you know, you can't always just be bullseye in people. Sometimes you got to do the little stuff too. Exactly. Yeah. So that's <laughs> been a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, the, the, I, when it came to famous couples, I was going to just annoy you, Matt, and say Mr. and Mrs. X, but uh, <laughs> Rogue, Rogue and friggin' Gambit, yeah, because like, it is also still, uh, yeah. So, ah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you go because I think you've got a request from Ryan Mount. Yep, he's got he's got to get in and out. So let's unmute Ryan Mount here. It's good to talk to you though, Jeff. See you, JD. Talk to you later, Brian. I'm letting you jump the line this one time. It's not happening again. All right. So we get to like we take the silk rope off, we push back all the nerds, and we let Ryan through, and then we just like you know <laughs> clamp it back down. What's, yeah, we only let in the sexy ones. Yeah, that's right. What's going on, good looking? <laughs> not much. Um, I figured it was my question of the week, so I better call in. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> beg for give me three minutes. So that's what I got. All right, let's um, do it. So I don't have an answer for the couple, but I did want to just talk about romance comics. Sure. Uh, either of you guys read any of them? Not really. Have you read them in the past? No. I mean, some. Like, not the old ones. There's, I've never really read any of the old ones. There's going to come a day when I force Joe to do a Cosmic Longbox romance edition, and we dig into, like, the real crap. Like, 
<laughs> deep in it, like secret mystery, house of love mystery, you know, like that crap. <laughs> the, well, I like the, the Forbidden Love of the Dark Mansion. Um, I think those, it was like five before it became like just like the Dark Mansion series. Um, Fair enough. Those, those are actually really good. They're like gothic horror tales uh, from the <laughs> 70s. I mean, the exact kind of schlock that you'd, love right um this is back when they were like well we know kids love ghost stories and we got these other kids that love romance stories but what if we get them reading one book (laughs) (laughs) why (laughs) and and it sold terribly yeah they dumped the romance turned out to be a terrible idea (laughs) um i will say if anybody is interested you could skip most of the 50s ones unless you do want to read the the kirby ones um they're not good though they are clearly written by an old guy who doesn't understand anything. Um, <laughs> so I think those are called like the Crestwood Chronicles. Um, okay. And it's like one of the few that are available digitally. So like, okay. that's one of the issues with a lot of romance comics. Almost none of them are available digitally. So it's long box diving for sure. But if you do get in the 70s stuff, um, you can find. And they I don't know why I like them. You pick them up. It's like a five-page story. You're done with it. You don't have to think about it. You're not like, right. oh, gosh, when's the uh, God of Death coming in? Right, so. right. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, what's that going to do to the mirror universe on the other side of the black hole? <laughs> you know, like, don't worry about it. That's not happening. So they're just not in love anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I threatened to come on Talk Romance Comics. I do recommend everyone go in long box, pick up a couple. I, You know, it's, you know, a bunch of dudes get on here and we just talk about, you know, like, Superheroes fighting stuff. Right. Uh, well, that's how we mask our feelings. What do you want to talk about how you actually feel? No, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, even if you go back and like, um, you just, uh, I just got done reading the Jack Kirby book and he talks about like, he's like, well, those are selling. So we got to jump on them. So, yeah. It, it's, you know, I, I like to know what was popular at the time and kind of see the progression of everything. If you read that Tom Scioli, uh, Jack Kirby, the life of the, like the King of comics, I think it was the life of Jack. They definitely the show a part the where he's just like, he's writing like 11 DC books and like some of them he just does not even think about or he's just like there you go they fall in love one of them dies it's really sad the end okay back to the western one the western one the Indian's being a jerk and the cowboy has to show up cowboy realizes the Indian isn't that bad done anyway next (laughs) it's great (laughs) Ryan it's good to talk to you always buddy I'm gonna let you get back to the Munchkins. Um, you cut in front of line of Frank's of Frank Cirillo, and he is. We're gonna it's hear okay, about it now. His, his checks in the mail. We checks are gonna hear about it now. <laughs> Frank, get on in Thanks, here. Ryan. Let's talk, buddy. How are you today? Hey guys, I'm good. I'm good. I wanted to talk about. I don't know what I wanted to talk about. Uh, I just like to talk. Can we talk uh, about Wandavision? Can we talk about oh, that? We for can a definitely talk about Wandavision. Holy freaking Dude. crap! We have a Holy bad guy. Moly. It only took eight episodes, and we finally have a bad guy. <laughs> right. Seven episodes. Seven well, episodes. I, I think everybody had everybody really like kind of knew who it was going to be anyway. You know, it was like everyone was like, "Oh, it's Agatha, Agatha Harkness." And I'll, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to and I'm going to I'm going to reveal I'm going to reveal some you know stuff about me. I had no idea who she was like, there, by name. There's no reason why you should. There yeah. isn't. I I mean, I had seen her before in stuff like paging through my friends' Doctor Strange comics. Um, but you know, like I did a little research to, before when the show came on, you guys are talking about it. So I was like, Oh, okay. I can kind of see it. I love, I really love the whole, um, the sequence at the end where they just show her through every yeah. one of the, iter- her iterations, yeah. like behind, behind the scenes. And it, it was, but now <clears throat> who is, you know, like everyone keeps talking. I don't know. I, I, so I don't know if I buy the Mephisto thing now, you know, but 
is there going to be another darker element to this? Well, we know. So real quick, Agatha Harkness. Joe, you want to reset right. this? Just give us a brief 30 second one sheet on Agatha Harkness. Um, well, I don't know a ton of her history, but all I know of her is that she was a mentor to Wanda, Mm. um, as Wanda started to learn sorcery and and, as she started to expand beyond her mutant powers into learning real magic. Right. Um, and so she wasn't a villain per se. Um, yeah, she was like Franklin's babysitter for a while, right? For the Fantastic yeah, Four. Something like that. Yeah, I believe that's true. Yeah, like going on adventures to be like, Agatha, can you watch Franklin? She'd be like, yeah, sure. Was that, when, was that when John Byrne was drawing it? Um, Might have been even later bef- on. Yeah, it might have been a little on. later than that. Because like, so I, remember, I, I used to read the FF when, when Byrne was drawing it. After that, I think it was after that. Because then like we, it was revealed that Agatha Harkness had been like around for th- thousands of years like well yeah you know she's well she's a, she's an ancient witch she i think she at, at the very least dates back to like the salem way, way back before uh, that. she was there when atlantis uh, sank i just read up on it oh wow, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. so she was there when atlantis sank she's been around forever she is a witch but wasn't always evil she had a kid named nicholas scratch who is evil and turned mm-hmm. out later to be mephisto even though she did not give birth to Mephisto. So that's a little, you know, I don't know, but mm. she is definitely tied to Mephisto. No question. Okay. She is now, there was, definitely tied to dark magic, like really right. bad, evil, now, dark magic. There were a couple of things where in the Latin Halloween episode with, um, the two kids with, uh, with the, uh, alternate version of, um, Quicksilver, where he's talking about, you know, go run demon spawn, you know, yeah, go demon spawn rate, release hell, something. Yeah. So like I th- that either that is a huge clue or that is a huge misdirection. Um, I think it's a clue. I think it's a clue. I think it's a clue. It's just so obvious, though. I but you I know? think Nicholas, th- Nicholas Scratch is not Mephisto. Was he working with no. Mephisto or did he turn? I thought he turned out to be Mephisto at one. No, point. he worked with Dormammu. Oh, boy. Uh, she. Oh, uh, da, 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 da. Um, he fought Hellcat and she accused him of being a servant of Mephisto. Um, but he revealed that it's not Mephisto, it's Dormammu. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, evil. You know, Dormammu, yeah. Dormammu, also evil. Oh, it's not guy. Satan. It's the other super right. evil guy. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's Satan, Satan adjacent. Yeah. It's, the other, it's the other devil. It's that one. It's so the other no, thing wait. we saw about Agatha's, so we go down to Agatha's basement and there's all these symbols was, on the walls and shit yeah. and weird vines growing on stuff that right. certainly look like some nexus of realities type shit, possibly. Yeah, it's like an evil witch lair. No, but right. more than that. No, no I, see what Matt, I see what Matt's getting I'm at. going straight to man thing. Nexus of the realities. Like, what is going on here? Man thing's not going to show up. I'm, I'm they, not saying no, they, they I'm not saying man thing shows up, but this uh, they do reference Nexus because that yes. was the commercial in the episode. The, yes. the Nexus antidepressant, and the whole world doesn't um, revolve around you and everything. And that maybe was it does more about putting her <laughs> in the director's chair, you know, and putting Agatha in the director's chair and showing us like she is steering the ship. But there's something way bigger going on, and it's straight up magic. And I do not mind that this reveal is the one that was obvious. I like that there's one obvious thing that they teased us with, backed off on, and then they're like, nope, that's what it is. You're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm on board. Because oh, we- you know what? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Agatha Harkness was first introduced as the governess of Franklin Richards 
Right. But her first appearance was in FF94. So that was still Jack uh, Kirby and Stan Lee. Oh, wow. Way back then. Okay. Oh, wow. That's a long time ago. All right. right. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I, I was now I, I had this thought and I posted it and I, I you know, I, I posted it on, on your forum. Um, I'm not sure if I wanted to be a question or not, but I had, how do you feel about, um, now that the, the infinity stones have been destroyed, like they're now the catalyst for new superpowers. Cause previous to this, it seemed like it was the super soldier serum because of you know the they never really get into the hulk they never get into the hulk if the hulk is super soldier serum based or if he's gamma yeah no they they do they they it was an attempt to recreate the super soldier serum yeah with gamma radiation basically that would that was i remember that being in the comics was that in the ed norton version of it yeah i believe it's come up in in the in the mcu they definitely nod in the ed norton version to the fact that the origin from the first hulk film counts like, yes, okay. it's all gamma and radiate. Like, we know that. Right. So we know, like, gamma, super soldier stuff. But then, yeah, we saw a bunch of other people get powers from the Infinity Stones. Or right. use I, I powers that look like the Infinity Stones. I think the whole thing was just like an offhand comment in one of the movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think that, like, they spent really any time on it. No, not really. But, right. yeah, so, yeah, but you're right, though. You know, super soldier serum uh, attempts at duplicating the super soldier serum led to, led to some stuff. Right. Um, and now we know that the Infinity Stones have empowered um at least at three least people three people that we know of right yeah um right. because now monica has powers right uh so which we see briefly in this episode yeah so she's now now I, I i i did a little more research on her and and i have i have those original hulk issues with captain with her as captain marvel right back in the, back in the late 70s i think it was um so yeah i do i do remember her as captain marvel i was just i was just blanking on what her actual like civilian name was but she's yeah apparently she's going to be photon not so much captain marvel but the character oh, that captain okay. marvel became have, because yeah, the yeah. other captain marvel came back and then that captain marvel right. changed her name like right. well we can't right. have two of us running around that's yeah ridiculous you know then we have well, spider-man and spider-man <laughs> which is fine yeah because he was the he was the son of marvel and so she was like all right fine. yeah right. she so didn't want to be also be- captain marvel captain marvel and also captain marvel right so. there's been that there's been a tease uh was it paul paul bentley has been teasing that he's gotten to work with someone he's always wanted to work with and i think he's talking about benedict cumberbatch oh yeah hmm. I, I think, think that's why I think everyone, a lot of people are thinking it's Tom Holland, but I'm like, no, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. It's Benedict Cumberbatch. It, it, he's a huge, yeah. And Agatha, and introducing Agatha Harkness, this is the big yeah. magic thing. And this is what's right. going to get Doctor Strange to show up in this show. And I, so it's I, like, it's more than a safe bet. Strange oh, shows yeah. up in this show. No question. Yeah. And there's, there's what? There's three more episodes and they're all going to be an hour long. Yeah. So and there's two, there's that. two more episodes that are announced, but I have heard uh, that there might be a secret 10th episode. Oh, I love oh, it. See, I, heard uh, it. I love yeah, it. I heard there it. are ru- rumors that there might be a 10th episode that they haven't announced. Like they're keeping oh. it under wraps. What now, I don't know if that's jerks. true or not. I love it. <laughs> so well, I, love I, read, it. I, I, rec- I read something two days ago that said that the, that out of the 10, ep- they said out of the 10 episodes, the last three will be an hour long. So um, maybe, maybe that was a rumor that was, See, and I always thought there. that I always thought that they said it was going to be nine episodes. Huh. And uh, I do remember Kevin Feige in an interview saying something about the last couple being uh, the last few being longer. This episode was 38 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, which is about the which is almost 
almost the length of a regular like hour long drama. Right. And quite on, honestly, on network on network TV. Patrick Kavanaugh brought it up in the chat, and I don't totally disagree with him. He says, "Hot take: Last night's episode was the weakest episode. It was carried by two reveals, but the episode itself was kind of weak." I don't I disagree. Totally with disagree. I don't I disagree, disagree completely. I don't disagree. At one point, I was like, "This is cute," but it's kind of like I don't know. It's not losing me, but I'm not freaking out like I have been in the other episodes. No, like I, I you know totally what? loved it because they were still. Like she was still trying to hold on to the sitcom thing, but I it get was it. falling apart. I, right, right. Vision, I, I vision was. They should have jumped to who's the boss, the though. You can you don't, you don't just jump straight to the office. They should have done who's the boss first. Come on. <laughs> uh, I think it was more like a Modern Family type thing. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was both. It yeah. was both. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, John, John says that the Vision and Darcy bits were terrible. I don't agree with that at all. No, I thought the Vision and Darcy bits were fantastic. I love. I love the. Yeah, I didn't Every mind time that. they tried to go, something was blocking their path. Yeah. Um, now he does bring up a good point um if he says if you read interviews with the show creator he says quote we asked faggy if we could bring evan peters back and he was like sure if you can make it work uh (laughs) which tells me it's not part of some bigger plan Mm. and that quicksilver and the mutants are not going to be a huge thing the multiverse i think is going to be a huge thing Mm. uh especially considering what they said in the commercial where it's like if you want to get back to reality or the reality of your choosing. Right. And I don't, I, he says the aerospace engineer was a letdown. I don't agree. I, I don't think that was the aerospace engineer. I absolutely think it was. And I don't agree, but I, I don't care either. Really? I think that was it just needed a, to be. Look, no, for, that, no, for all the buildup, it needed to be a known character. All the buildup. Okay. She said one thing. No, so, she mentioned it in no, more than one episode. Twice, at least. Yeah. But yeah so, and she kept being all that, sly about it. Like my now, guy's now on the way. Know, what, now that we know she's Agatha. Who's Ralph? Right? Who's who's the reveal? I don't for know Ralph? if there actually is a Ralph. You don't think you don't think there's a Ralph? I think Ralph. I mean, is, I think I, I I don't think Ralph is. Oh, well, now maybe Ralph is Mephisto. Maybe Ralph is Dormammu. Hmm. I mean, they, they've they've established Dormammu already in Dormammu is established. Doctor Strange right. is is going to show up yeah. in this show. There's magic. I don't crap. think they're gonna do Dormammu. Multiverse again, of no. madness. I mean, but maybe Dormammu is just a gateway Baron, for something else too. Who Baron knows? Mordo, but. maybe. Yeah, I mean, we know Mordo is going to come back. We know right. that. So, yeah. uh, people are so certain it's Mephisto that I think that it's going to be. It's not. Well, I don't know. I, I, I feel. I'm see. I'm on that track. I'm like. I'm like. Everyone thinks it's Mephisto, and I. And and I'm. And I'm. I'm starting to lean towards it's not going to be Mephisto. I don't think it is either because I don't think that the other, lends the other itself big, to the magic multiverse. You know, whatever. Like doing the devil yeah. doesn't. Well, but the ma- but magic for sure. Magic, I um, guess, but not like the way they're doing it. Not with this multiverse of madness we're building towards. Why do you say that? Like, I, why don't you think that they would go together? I think an extra dimensional creature like Dormammu or Baron Mordo, who is in touch with creatures from the on and stuff. I think that lends itself way better than it's the devil. You mean an other dimensional uh, alien creature, like evil a guy from overlord? Hell? I mean, I suppose, but the, now you're. It's like our hell, you know, I just, I don't buy it. I don't think they're going to go that route. I just don't uh, think they the will. other, the other big name that's getting tossed around is nightmare, uh, which I think w- could make okay. sense. And also yeah. nightmare is a big time Dr. Strange villain. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Um, but Wanda's Wanda's past, especially with the kids is explicitly tied to Mephisto. Absolutely. So yeah. I don't think, I think it's going to be Mephisto. I just, it, we got, we've got two episodes left, maybe three. I don't know. I I'm not taking that really bet off the sure. board. I'm not taking it off the board. I'm okay. just saying 
I'm not betting on it. <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm saying. Like we don't like we don't know that exploring the multiverse, uh, like getting to the multiverse, is 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 Mephisto's goal. Right. Like I think, I, I think uh, the theory that makes the most sense to me that I've been hearing a lot is that, um, the end game of whoever is controlling Wanda, uh, through Agatha, is trying to get her to increase her powers more and more and more and more to use her for something. Sure. Totally agree. Or to steal or to, or, or, uh, in the, in the previous episode, uh, the shark, uh, says, eat your magic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, I, I think that they're feeding off of her. Yeah. And it only seems like she's in control. That's fair. No, I, I don't disagree. Oh, yeah, she, I don't think she's in control anymore. No, obviously not. I think you, when you put Agatha in the director's chair in that scene, that is everything yeah. you need to know right there. Oh, yeah. Yep. So What I want to know is, um, in one of the interview scenes, uh, there is a male voice mm. that speaks to Wanda directly. And, and he says something about, like, don't you think this is what you deserve or whatever? Right. Uh, and then... Uh, she she says you're not supposed to talk, and then that's the end of the scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. who is that voice? Yeah, it was, was a that? weird little male voice. Frank, there's some right. other people that want to get in here, okay. so I'm gonna mute you, brother. But it's good to talk right. to you. Hey, talk. Frank, always a pleasure. Uh, yeah, I have no idea who the other voice is, and I am very curious. But we're gonna find out. And now, I, like, I I really don't think that that woman, the colonel or whoever it was, that brought the big van and the army and the army dudes. I don't think that's the aerospace engineer. Yeah, I really, really don't. I think it is. I don't care either way. <laughs> it's not going to be Reed. No way. Uh, it's going to be somebody. Let's though. get Michael Severe in here. He's waiting patiently. And I hope he wants to talk about this Justice League business because I need to talk about this trailer. Michael, I've asked to unmute you. How are you today, sir? Good, man. How are you doing? Real good. Hey, buddy. Real good, buddy. What you been up to? Just freezing like, like the rest of us? Well, man, I drove to New Orleans during the worst time to be in the South ever where there's no plows and there's snow everywhere. So oh, it was man. It was a brutal drive back. You may have taken it. our weather with you, and that's not very nice. I know. <laughs> I know. And then we leave, and it goes back to 70 degrees. They all make yeah. fun of us. They're like, thanks a lot. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, have like, I have like six things. Uh, the first one, is, first one is Colston said in Avengers, he told, um, he said they were trying to replicate the, the serum, and things went wrong. So he's the one that said that in Avengers when they're on the Quinjet, Remember, yes. he says it's a scene, right? Right. So that's Thank that you. Scene I knew it was like an offhand comment in one yeah, of the movies. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely Mephisto because they have the Mephisto uh, skull in three or four different shots yeah. throughout the show. Yeah. So they keep sticking it in there. It has to be in there for that reason, right? And they keep and, saying and the and hex then, and the six-sided, you know, like right. hexagon that is containing everything. I mean, a pentagram could go in there real easy. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, isn't also, didn't the, the, the kids... Aren't they like Mephisto's arms? Isn't that how she made the kids originally? No. <laughs> uh, so um, the the kids uh, that yeah. she summoned out of thin air in the 80s right. um, were eventually revealed to be two pieces of Mephisto's soul. Okay. But didn't um, he take them back and use them as his arms? Uh, that was Master Pandemonium, who is oh, a okay. really weird <laughs> West Coast Avengers villain. Whoa. Right, right, right. <laughs> and yes, he had, uh, he had the two little baby arms. Right, uh, right. Uh, yeah, there's that very famous uh, cover 
where he's like freaking out and he's got the babies on the ends of his oh, arms. Oh yes, air. I totally remember yeah, this now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but he he also there was something um, like he had a star, an upside down star on his chest uh-huh. uh, that also represented. I think I, I think that he was also feeding off of Mephisto's soul, and that's why he t- that's why he tried to absorb the babies. Mephisto needs um, to be more careful with that crap. I mean, you would think the devil would, like <laughs> this guy literally trades in souls. You know that that'd be yeah. like if you went to the Federal Reserve and it's just like wide open. You know, yeah, and he can't <laughs> like, keep his own on lockdown. Yeah, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> uh, also, that show, by the way, is one of those shows, and I've said this to you guys before. That my whole family, you know, like now I got a soon to be 12 year old. I got a 15 year old, my wife and I, and we sit down and watch the show. And I, I, we're just so lucky to be at this age during this era to where you can have a show like that, that the generations can all watch yeah. and really enjoy. I mean, there's nothing, there's not, there's not a lot of sex. And there's the one thing when they put the bed together or whatever, but there's, there's nothing to be worried about, no. which is incredible as a parent. You don't ever get this, but there's still very high stakes. There's still like yeah. to keep, you know, like creeps like me watching <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly yes 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 it's everybody watching so we, we love it we watch it every friday sit down at the same time once my wife's done working and watch it together so it's awesome um i want to mention gina carano i know you guys kind of blew, blew past that a little bit um as someone who, who works in a business where you can easily be attacked for whatever you say or whatever you do right um i understand the mistake she made completely she went way too far she can't do that she can't hurt the people who work for her. And that's what she was doing. Yes. People were canceling subscriptions. You can't do that. But I would love to, we can get to a point where I don't care what she says on Twitter. I just don't, that whole idea of what happens on Twitter is important in the world. Right. Drives me nuts. I got killed last week for retweeting uh, about Rush Limbaugh dying. And I retweeted something. And so the headline from Huffington Post said, you know, controversial conspiracy theorist Rush Limbaugh dies. Everybody said that I wrote that. And so I get people calling in wanting to get me fired from the radio station because of that. It's so, it's just so silly. Yeah, I mean, but Michael, that's a, that's a little bit different than uh, like you retweeting an article that you read is a little bit different than the star of a major Disney property going oh, yeah. on Twitter and saying anti-Semitic stuff. No, but here's the thing. Right, right, right. And that wasn't anti-Semitic. First of all, yeah. it's not anti-Semitic. It wasn't anti-Semitic. What she said, she's making a bad analogy. Yes. I can explain this to my wife. Analogies are about evolution, right? Obviously, when we say a kid who plays football for Nebraska is like a slave, that, that analogy is stupid. It's an, it's an evolving analogy. Right. Now, if you want to go back and say that they're giving people services and not getting as much back as they should, okay, that analogy works. She made a bad analogy. I agree. I get that. She, and I understand why people got upset because people get upset about everything. My thing is, I just wish we could get to a point where we could have a show that I enjoy. I think you guys enjoy the show. I think I enjoy her character as well. I've never had a problem with her character to the point where people can do something like that and get you run off of a show or, or get you canceled or get you fired. I sure. wish we could get past that in social media. I don't disagree just, with you at all, I but I also it. think she has every right to say whatever she wants. Even if she wants to get all anti-Semitic, go ahead. Yeah. She, I yeah. agree. She made a bad analogy and I don't think it was yeah. directly anti-Semitic, but in doing so, Disney also has the right to say, well, we right. don't want that shit around. So you're fired. Right. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, and ultimately that's what it comes down to is Disney, a bunch of people getting upset and saying, we don't like that. That, I mean, whatever well, that happens, canceling their subscriptions. that happens people all the time for everything. And when you things know? trend, they do. Hey, businesses now look at trending. They oh, look sure. At things that are trending. They look at Im, uh, impacts. They look at all those little uh, analytics they have now. Oh, for sure. They really put a lot of value in that stuff, which is, which is kind of weird. Again, I, 
I understand what happened. She's she's gone. Let her go live her life, do whatever she wants. Right. I just wish we could get past that stuff on social media. Also, I want to ask you guys, have you guys heard of Goon Squad before? Goon you Squad. Ever heard of that? Goon Help. Squad. No. Joe, so I we you know, we make these long drives, we listen to books on tape. And we listen to something called Goon Squad. It is a British comic made into a book on tape. And it was there's three volumes of it. It was nine and a half hours. It's incredible. It's so really good. It's about these squads of um they're not mutants they're special powered people and they protect the little cities like there's one in manchester there's one in london and we widely listen to this coming back and it's such good quality if anybody's looking for a, a book on tape for a long drive goon squad there's three volumes there's a fourth volume coming out soon it was incredible it is was, a visit from it. the goon squad is that it uh no it was it's called the goon squad the goon squad and yeah, it's called the Goon Squad. And right. it's, there's a in the main ones that are protecting Manchester. There's a woman who has uh, empathic powers. There's a guy who's like he's not dead. He can't die. He's not a zombie, but he can't die. And then there's a guy who turns into like a werewolf. Okay, those are the three characters. And uh, you find out about all these different scenarios and things that have happened. They go nice. back in time. And I'm in. It's, it's good if you get a chance to to listen to it or even read up on it. I read a little bit on the guy who wrote the comic. And they once got sued by Marvel because they called one of their characters a Marvel character's name. What was the character? So, Do you know? Um, oh my god! Because it it's like somebody, it was it's really, one thing if it's like oh so they mentioned oh no no it was you know it was like a it was like it was like Captain Marvel. I mean it was like oh okay a real well yeah name of you a can't you it can't wasn't do a that. mistake. <laughs> yeah, and, but it, it ended up making his comic more successful because they got press right. when Marvel sued them for right. it. So it was. It's a very funny part of the story. There you go. So that was another thing. If you got a chance to listen to something like that or uh, whatever, you're looking for something, it was really good. Goon Squad. We'll uh, check and it another out. thing you mentioned about the um, that trailer. So you guys know Kevin Kugler, right? I worked with Kevin for yeah, a yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kevin's one of the most pessimistic people at times that I know in my life, right? Oh, yeah, but that's not his job. <laughs> of, that's his job, right? There's not a, there's not a, there's not a lot of guys who, who, who like dislike the way DC has done the, their movies as much as Kevin, but. We both watched the trailer for the recut, uh, the four-hour movie, and he sent me a message right when I sent him a message. Like, we're both excited about it. Neither one of us are huge fans of those movies. They're okay. But Kevin was very excited about it. I, I think this is going to be good. I can't believe he cares. Awesome. I cannot believe this made him care. We, or we, you. We, we had lunch <laughs> yesterday. We had lunch yesterday, and he was talking about if it comes to the theaters, you know, they're adding that 10-minute intermission or whatever. He goes, I'm going. If it comes to the theater, you got to be kidding me. It, oh, God. I'm serious. He's not <laughs> the only one. Like, I've, I've talked. And I know you, and I know, I know you dug him. And, and I, you, you know, you're allowed to have your opinion. That's fine. This, yeah. this just does nothing for me. This is, like nothing. Adding a few more, you know, not even a few more minutes, adding a bunch of filler to a movie that wasn't good in the first place. And like, sharpening the spikes on Steppenwolf. <laughs> you know, like, Can I give you a comp? I don't Can I give you a comp? Care. Let me give you a comp. Here's okay. a comp. Now, this movie didn't come out the first time, but when Star Wars was originally cut, everyone who saw it said it sucked. Okay? So then, Lucas's, I believe, wife was one of the editors. Yeah. They got together, they re-edit the whole movie, and then they show it to a bunch of directors, and they're all like, this is incredible. 
So right. there is a chance that you can re-edit a movie and make it a much better movie. Which I don't disagree was, with that at all. But look at the, look what happened when they recut Star Wars a second time and put in all the new effects and crap. Like, I mean, that was <laughs> well, garbage. The kids, love, the kids, the kids love that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you don't, but the kids actually love all that stuff. All right. You don't want to. You don't want to. Children. You don't want a scene where Han Solo walks behind. Uh, job of the hut. Yeah, like, get out of here. That's all for the that's all for the kids, man. That's not for us. But I, I have I hold hope out. Fair enough. Four hour extravaganza is going to be good. Michael, it is always good to talk to you, man. We got some other people you to guys. get in here. Love you, you too, too, brother. Buddy. We'll yeah. talk soon. All right, bye bye. Brian Domingos, uh, I'm sorry real, to make you wait. You real, go ahead, Joe. You talk. Yeah, the Gina Carano. Yes, she said some truly awful stuff. It wasn't just about her being conservative. She compared. No, I'm not saying that being, at all. I'm not saying that at all. She compared being conservative to being a Jew in Nazi Germany. Yes, it is a terrible analogy. <laughs> like, she, re- she retweeted a meme that was uh, it was basically uh, a bunch of Jewish businessmen sitting around a table covered in jewels and gold yeah. and money that was laying on the backs of normal people. Right. And it says, all we have to do is stand up and they lose their power. It's like, no, that's anti-Semitic. I, I look, I agree. She made a really bad analogy and she's an idiot. And quite honestly, I'm not going to miss her from the show. I didn't think her character was that great. I don't think she's that good of an actress. Give that role to Lucy Lawless. She was built for it. She was born for it. Well, we don't even need that role. <laughs> really. No, so, I mean, I think Cara Dune is an interesting character. If it goes away, I, I don't I, care. I guess like, there's re- much more interesting the stuff. I don't give a shit. Fair enough. Brian Domingos. Hey now, guys. There he is. Hey. How are we today, sir? Good. I'm putting up furniture today, so it's a whole thing. Well, that's um, fun. It is a whole thing. Oh, my God. It's not measuring and oh, what a pain in the ass. Um, we just painted, so I have to put up all my artwork again. Um, the Gina Morano, whatever her name is, um, there's no room for anti-Semites in the world. So um, I totally agree. Her and her bad opinions. And she could do whatever she wants online. That's fine, but she doesn't, yeah. you know, if she loses her job, then that's her freedom that's consequences. of consequences. And the freedom other side of, of it was does not mean freedom from consequences. She had been warned. This was not the first time she was warned. And they, like Disney came out and said, cool it, cool it on this shit now, or you're going to get in trouble. And then she doubled down and she got fired. That's what happens. That I, would happen at any job. So it's not like it Hollywood yeah. is different. You know, that would literally happen. any if I did that and, at my current job. I mean, I, the difference is, is that if you get fired from Flywheel, you don't go get to make a movie with Ben Shapiro. <laughs> no, I mean, that's absolutely that, true. You're not that lucky. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and the other no, side I mean, of it is I, the conservative I, thing. No, there's there, somebody put out a tweet. I can't remember the comedian put out the tweet that, but it was like just framing the situation. And they said, they're like, quote, oh my God, I just got fired for my conservative views. And then like someone else talking like, oh, really, you got fired because you believe in lower taxes? No, not those small views. Government. Oh, yeah, you got right. fired I, because I you believe too. in small government? No, not those views. Fiscal, fiscal conservatism. The other ones. <laughs> Just great. Yeah, so, you know, no, no one tells on themselves faster than conservatives. Right. You know? Like, can you believe my conservative values? It's like by labeling it that that's not a that's not helpful. No. I mean, it's it's I, I appreciate her telling us like at least, you know, it's good not to, to know who not to pay attention to. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, it was not the first time she did this. And I'm not caught up on Mandalorian by any means, but um, she's not good. And yeah. she was she was terrible and in Deadpool and you know yeah. Hollywood's fascination with putting MMA act- athletes in movies I will never understand especially uh, when Dave you ba- except Dave Batista he's n- awesome time out he's, he's not MMA fun. stop that I was just gonna say he's a wrestler I know. wrestlers wrestlers can act 
put wrestlers in movies. So, they can some act. Of <laughs> some of them can act. Some, some can. can act. There are some that are very bad, but, but there's like, plenty no, that can. Wrestlers can pretend. Some wrestlers can act. <laughs> yes, and I mean I've seen them. Even you know the big stars are like. Hulk Hogan was the biggest wrestler on, on the planet. He is not a good actor. No. Oh, no. His you movies know? are awful. But Hulk Hogan you know was I mean? one but, character. That's, a, you know, like, that was just it. He was one yeah. character. He's, Dave Batista I mean, can do all manner of crap. He's great. The Rock? Oh, my God. I mean, well, The Rock is just The Rock. Let's be honest. But he's great. <laughs> Look, I love The Rock. I love The Rock. I think John Cena has a lot of charm as well, um, even though he's not really a great actor. John Cena is um, proving that he can act. John Cena is doing a good job. You know, I like, look, nothing against him. Um, real quick about Gina Carano, John uh, in the chat says, conservatives should stop whining about situations like this because it's literally the free market deciding what they will right. and yes. will not take. Yeah, that's the other side of this. Don't give me your First Amendment crap because you, want, you guys want to trash the First Amendment chant every what? chance you get when it offends your religious beliefs. But the second it offends, like it's turned on you, oh no! Hey, what, what's the problem? <laughs> the free market decided, guys. Yeah, hey. there you go. Yeah. So it should it's be. Not worth, it's not worth it for Disney to, to employ her. And, and I agree. Right. Um, speaking of employable, um, Zack Snyder, um, there's a new uh, Justice League movie coming out. Yes. Um, I'm not saying oh, I'm not I mean, going to watch it. I'm going to watch it, but they're billing it as the next Watchmen, more or less, where they're just I, like, I look how important this is. And no, I, fucking I mean, Jared Leto's here as the Joker. Like, I don't I mean, care about that Jared Leto Joker. One, two, why is he there? He wasn't in the other movie. What is putting him a scene with Batman and Jared Leto in this movie? What is it going to do to the I story? I have to watch the movie. It can't well, fundamentally su- change I the suspect- story. <laughs> well, see, but this is, I think that he had a plan for two or more movies, right? Yeah. Probably. So I think it was going to be a trilogy. Yeah. So, right. It would, I mean, I say two, but it's always a trilogy because Hollywood is addicted to trilogies, right. whether there's material or not. So I think they said, listen, you want to do this thing. There's apparently people who want to watch this. Do everything you're going to do now. This is it. Do sequels inside this thing. Do yeah. everything, every idea you had, make one movie. We're not doing a sequel. We're not doing a follow-up. This is it. Unless, of course, you know, it is a unbelievable smash hit, which I can't imagine it being. How can but, it be? Like, here's the thing. When you put it on HBO Max, how do you measure this as a gigantic hit? Is it because people sign up? Well, or, they know who, yeah. they know how many people yeah. stream the show. Like they, they already know, who know stream that. it. Yeah, I mean, I and agree. The, but you already have that people are, that are that like me and Brian and you. Like we have HBO Max, and we're not staying because of Justice League or leaving because of it. So how are you going to measure market uh, success? That's, that's no that's no different than saying I already the have Netflix. network yeah. TV, but they are. We just lost Joe's uh, audio. I would argue. It is different than network TV because network TV is measured in ratings by people who tune into a free service. HBO Max is a service they're paying for. So you have to make the decision to buy it at that point. And we can. They announced. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 They announced this week that they're releasing because I think HBO Max is only in America. So there is some sort of there's going to be streaming on demand options around the world. Right. So, there, so this is going to be like a digital release like yeah. everywhere. So that's how they do it. You know, I mean, they put it in South America and they put it in Asia and they put it in, in all these places that are clamoring for this material. And I mean, most of the I feel like more than half of the Snyder 
bro fans are like it's in like portuguese like there's this huge huge swell of support from from these you know foreign countries and they're going to release it there so yeah i have seen a lot of that like you know what i mean it it could make them billions of they could make them a billion dollars that way they don't need movie theaters it could i mean i don't think it will but like if it did i mean that kind of changes everything right like you don't need you don't need to go through amc anymore now you just yeah put it up and people have it. They watch it on their laptop or their phone or their smartwatch or some dumb shit. And it doesn't cost them anything to distribute it. Like, uh, it's I agree. Why away. didn't the movie, yeah. then why didn't the original movie make as much as Avengers? Why didn't it make as much as any of the Marvel films? Because it, it's not the, it's not like, I will give, I will concede this point. It's not the movie that Snyder wanted to make. Fair enough. He had to leave production halfway through yeah. because his daughter committed suicide. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And, I and mean, so like, yeah. and then now everybody's pissed at Joss Whedon because apparently, or well, you know, if you believe Ray Fisher, uh, Joss Whedon, uh, like was totally abusive and, and cut Ray Fisher's role down. Uh, of course, all this other stuff's coming out about Joss Whedon now, but that's so, neither here Well, let's there. talk about that for just a second. The Joss Whedon thing. Cause I think it's important. A lot of people were online saying, screw you, Joss Whedon. I stand with Ray Fisher. Did you hear what Charisma Carpenter said? I stand with Ray Fisher. Did you hear what Angel said? I totally stand with Ray Fisher. Now, Charisma Carpenter has a real story with witnesses and people backing it up. Joss Whedon's wife has a real story with witnesses and people that back her up. Ray Fisher has been invited several times to sit down with legal counsel and spell out his beef with Zach Whedon, and he refuses to do so. He refuses to say what happened and no one else in that cast is well, backing keep, him or acknowledging saying, it. He keeps saying what happened, but he won't like cooperate with the investigation. Right. He won't go into any details and no one else like, is the whole cast guilty then? Are they all covering for Joss Whedon? Should we be mad at Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman too? I mean, that's a, that's a whole nother, this is a whole nother discussion, but I will, I, I will concede to, to Zack Snyder's credit at least that the movie we got is not the movie that he intended yes, to make i agree with that and if he gets to make that movie fine i'm not excited for it and i don't think it saves hbo max um and I, but it, like patrick makes a joke in the chat here i thought wonder woman 84 already saved hbo max right which haha but wonder woman 1984 like they released the stats on that and it was like tens of millions of people streamed yeah. wonder woman 1984 in that one month that it was available on HBO Max. Like, as far as streaming stats go, it was a smash hit. Brian, we got one more to get in here, and we're going way over time. So I'm going to let you go, buddy. Can I say one thing about Ray Fisher real quick? Yeah, yeah, please yeah, please. Do. And I'm okay. sorry, we talked over you the whole time, so please make No, it's, you know, listen, say I, um, it's, it's your show. Um, I, Ray Fisher is what I've heard, and I have, I know someone who knows him professionally, and that he has a reputation as being a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, and I think looking at, I mean, look at his IMDb and see his, what work he has. Um, Justice League was his big thing. Yeah. Right. And then I'd never was, heard like of his, him before Justice League. No, he nobody had like, look at it. He did like, I think it's like an episode cause I've looked at it a couple of times, like the astronaut's wife or whatever, or, you know, like all these little, like one episode on like an ABC drama, like different little things, like three or four times. This was his big break. His big break got kneecapped by the real world, not by Hollywood, by right. the real world. And right. then Joss Whedon had 
I mean, I think Joss Whedon's terrible, and I've felt that way. I p- People come up to me, and they say, you complained about him 15 years ago. And I was like, I will wait forever to be right. Don't worry um, <laughs> about, about what a dick he is, because, again, it's in the text. Um, but he had to put this movie together that was not finished under these other circumstances of this horrible, the specter of, like, right. this guy with this questionable artistic reputation this horrible tragedy that he had to do i mean i can't even spider went through but yeah and then he was like here's this movie that has to hit the the release date and it flopped because it wasn't good but he also had to say i don't have time for all this cyborg stuff like i don't have time right this stuff's not shot this stuff's not done superman is not available so we have to like remove half his face right you know like all these things like so ray fisher's big break is is dismantled not through any fault plus joss whedon's about a bit of a dick so yeah i think he feels extra slighted which he was slighted and now he's not in the flash movie and i think him going on twitter every day and calling up the, the president of, of warner brothers is yeah a really bad idea yeah, like walter um, Hamada. Or well whatever. and that's just the yeah. thing i'm not saying something didn't happen it very well may have and i would like to know if it did Joss Whedon seems like a creepy kind of piece of shit guy. So it's well, not out of I the mean, realm imagine, of possibilities, but Ray Fisher won't share his story on the record. If, he just keeps saying I mean, he was rude. He was out of control. Well, give us this, evidence. If, if what did he do? What did he say? Like, like, Hey Ray man, I'm sorry, but it's just not going to happen. Right. You know, like, Hey, like in which he probably took offense to. And he's looking like, I'm the only person of color this here. Is, like all these things start happening. And it's like, uh, and it on top of, Joss Whedon stapling film together to get this movie that right. he knows is not working to come out. It sure and sounds so like it, he's like, well, I had all these ideas that I want to interject in the film. And they said, well, that's great, but you're not the film director. And he was like, how dare you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, so and it's like, I, like they're, they're blaming, like the Snyder cut comes out and suddenly Steppenwolf is, uh, you know, the, the all new, all different Steppenwolf with a thousand percent more spikes. Yeah. It looks like awesome. Joss Whedon's yeah. responsible for not having enough spikes on Steppenwolf. I know. Right. It, 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 totally. Like the CG and stuff. Joss Whedon didn't do that. You know, like he, and you're he right, Brian, he literally stapled the end of the movie together and it yeah, shows he, he, he's responsible for the bad uh, Photoshop on the Mustang. Yeah, <laughs> it, is so, it is. It's so bad, but um, it's all right, horrific. Guys, yeah, it's, it's all right. Terrible. Have a good one. Yeah, bye, Brian. Uh, real quick before we get into Jimbo. I mean, you can unmute him, but I, I have a couple things to say. Frank points out in the chat that the uh, the scene with the Joker uh, occurs during Batman's vision of the future where Darkseid has taken over the Earth. Remember that? He right. wakes up and he's wearing right. the trench coat. Mm-hmm. So that's where that scene comes in. Um, so it's like an older Joker and blah, blah, blah. Sure. Um, Michael Severe had one last point to make. He says uh, things like this. Uh, he's referring to Gina Carano. Uh, things like this are what led to Trump becoming president. As soon as you disenfranchise that large of a portion of the population, you get a Trump. Yeah. Which is not wrong. Um, he says firing her is, I'm sure, the best thing to do. But you also just recharge the 70 million or so that think that, quote unquote, libs want to censor beliefs. Oh, sure. Uh, and, he's, and he ends by saying, uh, reacting to social media, small percenters will cause trouble in the future. But what are they supposed to do is my question. What is Disney supposed to do when one of their stars comes out and does shit like that? No, I mean, uh, obviously you, you have to do something and Disney knows where their bread is buttered and how their money comes in. And at the end of the day, there's more people that aren't going to say stupid shit like that and call people out than there are that will. So 
feel free, go be on the other side. It's it's scary, and you can build a militia like that, unfortunately, but I totally get why they did it as well. Jimbo, get in here. There he is. Hello, guys. Okay, so question last week. Best, my favorite couple is going to be Vegeta and Bulma from Dragon Ball. <laughs> I, I love Vegeta guys. and Bulma because they're the I most. Vegeta's such a shithead, and Bulma loves him. <laughs> it's crazy. No, she's, she's a strong woman to contain his rage, as as they say. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't understand any of that shit. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fine, Joe. That's why. That's why I. Uh, I, I know who Vegeta is. We keep it loose. Bulma is. Uh, she's not a fighter, but she's the smartest woman in the Dragon Ball. In her, uh, Vegeta's the green guy, right? Bulma's the no. <laughs> That's Piccolo. Vegeta's the shorter look, Goku-looking guy with spiky hair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, mini, mini Goku. Now, uh, Zack Snyder cut. I'm all in. Give, give that, give that me pumping in my veins. It's on HBO Max. It's all I, yours. It's whatever. Um, <laughs> one other thing: uh, Mortal Kombat trailer for the new movie coming out in April. It is awesome. I, fucking can't wait dude. okay that movie looks so let's stupid. let's talk about mortal Kombat for a second because first of all i think we can all agree like there are no good video game movies there just aren't correct right that's, so that's exactly. rather than trying to make a good video game movie mortal Kombat just said we're gonna make the most mortal Kombat, mortal Kombat week in mortal Kombat, and it was just like absolutely. yes absolutely. <laughs> come in i don't care if it's the dumbest shit in the world if i get to yeah. watch sub-zero punch a dude, knock blood out of him, freeze the blood into a sword, and then stab the dude with it? Like, fuck yes. So they got this like super well-respected Asian actor, uh, Hiroyuki Sonata. Yeah. He was in, he was in uh, The Wolverine. He also was in Avengers Endgame. He yeah, was the, he's, mob, he's the mob boss that Hawkeye fought. He is fucking Scorpion in yeah. this movie. And like, what the hell? Like, he looks kick Jimmy ass Olsen, too. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen from Supergirl got swole and now he's playing Jax. Yeah. And we get to, we see so we, in the Red Band trailer, we got to see uh, Sub-Zero uh, rip Jax's arms off and that's how he gets cyborg arms. Which is not canon, by the way. This, okay, so there is controversy. Johnny Cage is not in this movie. All right, so there's this, there's the, there's the point of view character. Yeah. Uh, who's a brand uh, new character. Brand new. Cole Young is, is his name. Um, I, I've seen some rumors that he might actually adopt the role of Johnny Cage. That's but dumb. I don't know. That's dumb. That's stupid. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. That, that's funny. I don't know. I mean, like, it's going to be ridiculous. The trailer yeah. looks like it's going to be exactly what it needs to be. And like, I started watching the Monster Hunter movie the other day. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Oh, it's a guy oh. that did all the uh, Resident Evil games. I'm in. Let's do it. You know, it's yeah, terrible. Yeah, and, had Mila, Mila, and it's just they definitely lean into the game. But they lean into it like so much so that it reminded me of the things I didn't care about the game, like spending an hour and a half in a pause menu trying to match all my <laughs> you know, armor to fight a certain thing. And then like, oh, can't go do that yet. I got to go eat first. And the cats are going to cook me dinner. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not good. Mortal Kombat looks like they're not screwing around. They're just let's just go I will for say, it. I will say this, uh, you know, I. I, I know that they can't do it. They, there's no way they could have done it. But when they like, when Raiden lifts his head up and you see his face under his hat and it wasn't Christopher Lambert. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I was I, like, I, ah. I, I, Highlander is my uh, Raiden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, also, like, look, man, 
Just use that Mortal Kombat techno theme from the yes. 90s. Just do it. <laughs> just, just put it oh, in Oh, it'll there. pop up. I guarantee it pops it up somewhere. Yeah, you can't not do it. It's going to pop up. Oh, Justin, uh, Justin Fletcher says they actually used a slowed down version of the Mortal Kombat techno music. Yeah, you have to. Uh, oh, excellent. Oh, okay. that's, that's good news. I didn't catch that. Um, I remember back in the day, we used to scream like any video game. Mortal stuff. Kombat! We'd be like, Eliminator Boat Duel! You know, <laughs> or whatever. Just like, chase the chuck wagon! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally in. I'm totally in. I can't wait for the Mortal Kombat. Yeah, uh, like, I that is the that, schlock that I'm excited to see on HBO Max. That trailer <laughs> made me so happy. Yeah. I like, God, I don't, even, I don't even like Mortal Kombat. No, it's not even. Game. I'm uh, Mortal Kombat became a good fighting game later on it started a terrible fighting game that just happened to be really violent and that's why kids ripped his head off you know like it was nowhere near as fun as street fighter or tekken it was a bad game but street fighter didn't have people pulling people's spines out of their body and stuff like that so right (laughs) like and there's like there's no reason like we should have all watched that trailer and heard them do that very obvious fan service stuff like Scorpion saying, get over here. Right. And uh, Xiao, uh, uh, what's the guy? Who's the big guy? Uh, the big boss guy? Uh, Goro? Uh, the forearmed guy? No, not Goro. The, the Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn, oh. yeah. Uh, is saying, finish him. Right. It's like, okay, like come on. <laughs> Like uh, right there, I should have been like, okay. But, if, but no, that trailer ended. And I was like, I can't wait. That's I'm Mortal so Kombat excited. staple, though. If you don't do that, fans are going to be like, wait a minute, what the hell? There was no yeah. finish him. There was no get over here. <laughs> like, I want to see. I want to see Liu Kang do a bicycle kick from yeah. one side of the screen to the other. Absolutely, kicking before he gets to you, or like before he gets to the dude. But yeah, I'm I'm all in. Just feed it right into my veins. Jimbo, yeah. good to talk to you, man. Yeah, We're- good to talk to you guys. Take care. Bye, buddy. Yeah, uh, excited for Mortal Kombat. It's just because it's that's like it just looks stupid and fun. And lean into it. I'm glad it's rated R. I'm glad it's super violent. That's what it should be. We're not selling this to kids anymore. We're selling it to adults who grew up with this crap. Yeah, uh, Justin. Uh, Justin says uh, those were real people doing those moves. Uh, yeah, it was motion capture. It was like, it was a groundbreaking, uh, achievement in video game graphics, uh, because those were all like mo-capped actors and martial artists doing those. I mean, not the flying across the screen shit, but, um, they were doing those martial arts moves and that's what made that game so impressive. Yeah. They chose graphics over gameplay. Is what they did. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, which like, wasn't the first time, of course, and I, wasn't the last. I, and I can, I can understand the appeal of, you know, the fighting game culture. But like for me as a gamer, like, don't give me a game where I have to memorize a pattern of keystrokes to, to, to do anything. Well, you know what I mean? Like the special moves in Street Fighter make sense. Half circle punch button. Hadouken. Okay, now you it. obviously have not played Street Fighter for quite some time because it has devolved no, still- into like insane savant level of pattern you have to follow to like beat certain guys. Yeah, but it's not, it's not like up, down, forward, forward, back, down, start button. You want to you know, bet? I'll, like I'll send you some mapped out patterns and you tell me what, cause like I, the last Street Fighter I tried to play, I was just like, 
I don't want to learn that. I don't have time to learn that. It's that is true. insane. Yeah, <laughs> look, I like I'm a I'm an old man. I, I can't I can't have that. Like right. if fighting games are are for uh, younger people. Yeah, they just evolved into what they would logically become, which is a whole string of moves that you have to do to do something really cool to the other character, basically. So like I'm I'm convinced that fighting games only still exist as a genre bolster esports you know like tw- twitch twitch streaming and competition sure, gaming and that, sure. that sort of thing it's like casual fighting games yeah i don't think such a thing exists uh, yeah i don't think there are casual fighting games anymore unless you just want to button mash for a little bit and play something old like mortal Kombat one so there you go miss branch get peter parker on the phone yes mr jameson all right it's voicemail time got one here from our boy adam crouch uh, hey guys, uh, this is Adam Crouch. I uh, just want to throw out a quick Marvel theory, movie theory. And this might be obvious and people might already talked about it. It was just something I was thinking about. Uh, you guys were talking about how much Spider-Man will be, uh, will have Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in it. And I kind of have a theory. Um, we know that WandaVision is supposed to then tie in with uh, Doctor Strange and then Spider-Man 3. So my thought is that we might get Tobey Maguire as early as the end of Doctor Strange because we know that uh, Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange too. Uh, so I don't, I just, you know, it just seems like that would be the perfect opportunity to have kind of a reunion with them and have Sam Raimi bring Tobey Maguire into the MCU. Um, but anyway, that was just a thought I had. I wasn't sure if anybody mentioned it. So, uh, enjoying the show guys. Thanks. Bye. Adam, you son of a bitch. Um, I hadn't thought of that at all. <laughs> and <laughs> it is, I mean, yeah, that definitely could be, it is Sam um, Raimi. I, it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> yeah. Sam Raimi's directing this next doctor strange. For and, some reason, I completely forgot that Scott Derrickson was no longer directing this movie. Yeah. Remember he was removed and Sam Raimi came on. I don't know if he was removed. No, he was, but, uh, he said like, he was cool about it. I don't think it was a big fight, but as I recall, he was like, we have differences in what we want to do. And, uh, cause he kept saying horror movie, horror movie. I'm making a horror movie. And they were like, no, you're not. <laughs> remember? Oh yeah. I yeah. Do. Remember all that? And so he was like, I'm leaving. And Sam Raimi's like, I'm in, I'll do it. And Sam Raimi directed your other Spider-Man movies starring Tobey Maguire. Um, it's not impossible. And again, I know I keep going to this multiverse of madness and now we're looking at something that could be the nexus of realities and whatnot. We could get Tobes big time. I think we get more of Toby. I'll bet right now we get more of Toby than Andrew Garfield because Toby is not working as much. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll buy that. Um, like it's like it, there, there is no question that it's, that what's happening in WandaVision is setting up the idea of the multiverse. Absolutely. We already know that there's a multiverse because Endgame spelled it out. Right. It's like, if you put the stones, if you take the stones away, it creates a divergent reality where the stone is gone. Things get bad. Right. Uh, and, you know, and, and Banner's like, no problem. We'll put the stones right back. But you know what happened? Steve Rogers had to go and change the past. So he's created a divergent reality where he gets married to Peggy Carter and lives a whole life in secret, somehow doing something somewhere. Yeah. And we don't, we like, we don't know if it was the, 
prime reality or an alternate reality. Like we don't know any of what happened with Steve after he went back other than he ends up with Peggy. So they're gonna have to go back in time and kill Steve right before he meets Peggy. Well, that like, there's this rumor, <laughs> shoot him in the head. There's this rumor building that Chris Evans is, is going to somehow reprise his role as Steve Rogers. If that happens, I'm betting it's as old cap. Yeah. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It's going to be something along those lines where he's like, I, I, I did this one thing and I was selfish. And in that moment, look what I did. And I have to undo it now. Some- yeah. And you know, like, it, yes, you put the stones, you put the stones that you, you plucked from the time stream back, but you also diverged reality when Thanos came to the future and you killed him. Right. So like the Thanos, the Thanos from the prime reality died. Or I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I, I don't know how to categorize the current universe that the characters exist in. And that is what, well, I mean, that's what we're going to address now. I, right. That's just and, where the madness comes in. If you Well, because like, like America Chavez is going to be in Doctor Strange. Her one, other than super strength, her one power is to create portals to different universes. Right. So like, yeah, like this is not uh, like, it's not a surprise that we're going to deal with alternate realities. And so I would not be surprised at all. If Raimi brings his boy in Uh, final thought for an an appearance, an appearance in Dr. Strange too. Sorry. Final thought on fighting games. Mark Phillips just texted me because he said he was getting ready to chat this and we shut down the chat. I just heard you and Joe say casual fighting games don't exist. Incorrect. You guys have to play Dragon Ball Fighters. Super easy to pick up and play. Anytime you press a button, something awesome happens and it looks and animates just like the show. It rules. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool. I'm in. <laughs> um, there was all uh, there was also a game that I always wanted to play, but I could never I, I could never find it. Um, our buddies on the on the uh, late lamented signed in podcast were huge fans of a game called I believe it was Ashura's Wrath. Hi, hi. Sorry, <laughs> and, and it was all it was all um, like quick time events. Do you know what I mean when I say? Quick oh time yeah 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 yes yes. Or it's like an X appears on the screen and you better press X right, right. away. Um, and but like the scope of the battles was like galactic, you know, like they, it just kept getting it's like more and tap more triangle ridiculous. and the moon explodes. Yeah. Right. You know? it's like, <laughs> yeah. And then there's a and, tidal wave that takes out the East coast, you know? Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so like, that's the sort of like, that's the sort of fighting game that I could get into. Okay. You would probably dig just Dragon Ball fighters then. Now it I is probably t- would. It is time for a quick lesson. And romance comics from the THN historian, Mr. Jason Sachs. Hi, I'm Jason Sachs, the official THN comics historian. And I was asked to talk today about romance comics. So the genre of romance comics was created in 1947 by, and this is going to blow you away, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Yes, Jack Kirby, uh, he of the Fantastic Four, Thor, and the New Gods was actually the guy who was primarily responsible for creating this entire genre of romance comics. And their work by Simon and Kirby in comics like Young Romance and Young Love is actually amazing. Uh, There's two volumes of this material put out by Fantagraphics, both under the title Young Romance, and it is a 
fascinating portrait of the world of America circa 1947 to 1950. These stories don't have like happy endings all the time. They also have a lot of uh, stories about people just kind of wrestling with their lives, wrestling with their problems. Makes for a fascinating reading. Uh, Just a really great exploration of the genius of Kirby because he was such a great uh, genre spanning guy. These comics were smash hits. So by 1950, there were something like two dozen different publishers putting out romance comics, including EC Comics, Timely, which was eventually Marvel Comics. DC had a line of four or five romance comics during that time, including Young Love and Young Romance, which they had bought from the Simon and Kirby group. Uh, Those comics were, by the 1950s, uh, the most popular comics sold in America, selling over a million copies per month and reaching a group of young girls who we don't even think of as reading comics these days, but at the time, um, they just found it to be perfect entertainment. For 10 cents, you could uh, fall into four or five different stories about girls who they could identify falling in love and having interesting uh, romances and adventures. It was a great way to imagine yourself as an adult. Yeah, I know this sounds very sexist and also very kind of old-fashioned, but remember, this is the world 60 years ago when there was nothing to really distract you as much from um, these kind of strange, uh, high, what we see now as Eisenhower era mechanisms that we well, were imposed upon society. Uh, and there were all kinds of different uh, spinoffs from the genre. There were space romance. There was cowboy romance. There was, uh, you know, some romance that was a little more harder edged and some romance comics that were very, very plastic. The genre continued through the 1960s into the early 1970s. Both Marvel and DC continued putting out romance comics until the early 1970s. In fact, in Marvel's romance books, especially in the late 60s and very early 70s, those featured work by people like Jim Steranko, who did one great story for them, Gene Colan, and John Buscema, among many, many others. There's a number of sites online where you can find interesting information about that material. Of course, now that genre has pretty much died off, uh, you know, you can't really find romance except in a very kind of uh, ironic way. But, you know, you expect that, too, because, you know, the world has moved on from romance novels in general. See, I've always felt like there's a there's room for uh, this sort of genre of romance books. The Harlequin romances obviously still continue to sell well. Uh, people are reading this stuff online and, you know, women are reading this stuff online more than ever before. seems like there would be a place for a comics line that would explore this material. Actually, it was an attempt to launch a Harlequin comics in the early 1990s, but never took off. But it felt like it's an untapped genre. You gotta uh, do something a lot more sophisticated than what was produced in the 1960s and 70s in order to get people to read your comics. But on the other hand, you know, why shouldn't comics be a good place for people to experience a great uh, rom-com sort of thing? Anyway, there's your history and a bit of editorialization. Hope you guys are enjoying yourself. Talk to you later. There actually is a place to go and read romance novels, and it has a massive following, and there is a ton of them, and it is manga. There is an entire line of romance manga, and it's everything from slice of life to professional sports romance to like fairy dragon romance to like anything you can imagine. Sure. It is there. And just like 
Jason was saying, some of it gets a little harder edged and some of it's cute. So, <laughs> you know, it just depends what you're into. But I mean, to his, to his point, like in the American market, you know, the, the interest in that sort of thing died off. But, right. you know, I, like, I, like, I just, the trick with anything comics related is how do you get people interested? Right. You know, and that's just, that's the reason why, you know, comics is kind of why, why comics are, aren't as, as strong sales wise as they were like pre world war two, pre 1992, that sort of thing. Uh, I'll tell you what though, Jason Sachs's voice is so soothing. Yeah. Like, I could just sit down and meditate. To He's it. fantastic. I, I'm looking at all these lists of romance mangas and there's like one of them is like, here's the top 500 list. <laughs> there's so many of them. It's crazy. Jeez. But yeah, for some reason, I mean, and it's not just, you know, young girls, young girls and young boys read this stuff in Japan, all over Asia. They love it. And the manga romance over there, very inclusionary, exceptionally so, like very open to LGBTQ. There's gay yeah, comics. There's a, like there's a whole, there's a different name for that genre. It's like Yaoi or, yeah. uh, uh, right. And then there's the Korean version, which is Manwa. Um, well, but, that's uh, Korean yeah, Manwa is just, that's just their comics. It's manga, yeah. It's yeah. Korean manga. It's, no, but I mean, like, it, it, it's called manhwa. It's very LGBTQ friendly over there. It, it's anything you can imagine. There is a romance story for you in Asian comics. So for some reason, Americans don't read it. But we don't read regular comics either. So there you go. You get into that furry shit. There's probably something there for you too. Oh, I guarantee. There's plenty of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Joe Patrick. Before we get out of here, set these kids up with a new question of the week. Well, how about we answer the question of the week before we get out of here? Uh, I mean, we sort of did that, didn't we? No, we no. We did a whole show about our favorite couples. What's and your What's and your favorite love story? I mean, I guess my favorite. It doesn't have to be a storyline. No, like, no, no. I know. I'll, gi- I'll give you mine. Like my favorite. Like as much as I love Clark and Lois, my favorite love story in comics has to be Peter and Mary Jane. Yeah, it's that's my knee jerk reaction as well. It's Pete and MJ. I mean, I guess they're my favorite couple. If I had to say my favorite love story, I would go to like Saga. Their love story is my favorite love story. I would what, go, were you, what did you say? Saga. I'd go straight to Saga because I think it is one of the most believable, you know, lovable, <laughs> incredible like love stories written in the frame of sci-fi. But still, like it's gross. It's sometimes they fight. It's just so real, you know. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful story. Yeah, no, it is. The, the um, Marco and Alana, they're they're very compelling. Their journey, um, you know, like I also I also really like Wally and Linda. You know, like because they had that whole thing where like Linda was his anchor. Yeah. Like whenever whenever he would get lost in the Speed Force or the time stream, like he could focus on his love for her and and bring him back to the right reality. You know, that's you know that's I, potent stuff i always loved ralph and sue too ralph and sue dibney ralph and sue man yeah absolutely and yeah wow did they do sue dibney dirty <laughs> yeah they did man yeah they did <laughs> i mean ralph got done dirty too i guess it happened to his wife so Woo. that's dc man that's what we want we're getting more of it they told us so get ready <laughs> <laughs> all right here's the new question of the week it was submitted by our buddy john literal via twitter uh what hobby has always intrigued you, but you haven't taken the plunge into it. So this is a question about other nerd hobbies okay. that you may 
have found interesting but never pulled the trigger on. Sure. Like yeah. model rocketry, for example. Like, you know, going all in on a Warhammer. <laughs> all right. We'll talk about it next week right here. And uh, watch our Facebook during the week. We have a post that runs for cover to cover that shows like stories we're following, stuff we want to talk about, recaps things for you guys to hit us up with. Watch for that there and show up next Saturday. Play along. Thank you to everybody that did. We don't have a show without you. But for now, this is Two Headed Nerd. My name is Matt Bum. My name is Joe Patrick. Signing off.